Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. That's my theme song for covering BC politics. <laughs> That's your theme song right there? Yeah. <laughs> I hey, love we're it. supposed to be the California of Canada, so here we are. Well, it certainly yeah. feels that way, right, for the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what's going on. So, end of the legislature session yeah. uh, for this time of year, but not without a few little bumps at the end here. No, it was a very busy session. The New Democrats adjourned several weeks earlier than they did last year. And at the time, there was speculation that they were doing that. I mean, when they first announced the calendar, there was speculation, oh, they're leaving early because they're planning a spring election. We're not talking about that anymore. But it was a busy, exhausting session. And there was a lot of news on that very last day. Uh, starting during the introduction period in the chamber, they start every day with by introducing people, and usually you go, oh, that's interesting, you know. Uh, but in this case, opposition leader Kevin Falcon gets up and says, uh, I have a guest here on the floor of the House. The only way you get on the floor of the House is as a former MLA, and sitting a row behind Falcon is Harry Lally, the former NDP MLA and cabinet minister, and Falcon introduces him to the House as the newest member of BC United. So that's an interesting development. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. There's, so, also, there's also some caveats here. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Harry Lally uh, has been a controversial figure in British Columbia politics since he was first elected to the legislature hmm, 30 years ago as the NDP MLA for the riding that was then known as Yale Lillouet and is now centered on Merritt and is known as Fraser Nicola. So Lally uh, four times won that seat for the New Democrats. He's a cabinet minister, transportation minister. It was a big deal under Glenn Clark. And all of that is things that the New Democrats were very proud of. And they often, you know, cited Lally as an important figure in the party, a breakthrough figure, Indo-Canadian, first elected from a riding in the interior of British Columbia. So that was an accomplishment. Highways minister, as I said. So that's the, the positive side. But of course, when Lally joining BC United was announced yesterday, the new Democrat research department popped up with a whole bunch of embarrassments uh, regarding Lally. Uh, they kicked him out of their party uh, in 2020. Uh, they supplied us with a whole bunch of the awful things that Lally had said about uh, the BC Liberals, uh, BC United's predecessor in name. And so the New Democrats took the attitude, hey, good riddance, we're glad to be rid of this guy. Uh, you're going to regret taking them on. So it's sort of predictable. That's what political parties would do. Uh, I mean, you could put together a pretty long list of nasty things that Harry Lally said about the New Democrats while he was a New Democrat as well. <laughs> He's a true maverick, Simi. Very colorful character. Is he looking for a nomination somewhere? He says not. He says he is not thinking of a political comeback. And Kevin Falcon was quick to deal with that one. He said he'd made no deals with Harry Lally. 
It says, Lally approached them. They didn't go to Lally. Lally approached them because he's fed up with the way the NDP isn't standing up for rural British Columbia, and he thinks BC United is doing a better job of that. And Falcon made a point of pointing out that the seat that Lally used to occupy in the legislature is occupied right now by BC United MLA Jackie Teagart. So if Lally is thinking about running or changes his mind and decides to run for a vacancy in the legislature, Simi, he'll have to go uh, somewhere else, have to go find a seat somewhere else because BC United leader is backing his incumbent, Jackie Teagart. But Lally told reporters, no, no, I'm not thinking of a comeback. I'm just trying to put the issue forward. When I say colorful, by the way, Simi, I should provide you recall the one detail about Harry Lolly. He had a nickname. He was the best dressed MLA in the legislature in the 1990s, known for flashy suits, flashy ties. He was called the honorable member for Harry Rosen. And he lived <laughs> up to that yesterday. He had a bright blue suit and a bright pink tie when he was sitting on the floor of the house members of the press gallery went in to have a look see if harry's living up to his to his wardrobe well, expectations and he did so some things don't change interesting and this seems to me like a time-honored tradition in politics though doesn't it Vaughn? in bc politics yeah i mean we don't get too many floor crossings the 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 polarization between new democrats and B.C. Liberals, Socrates before them, B.C. United now, is pretty strong. But once in a while, somebody goes to the other side of the house, and everyone's kind of shocked by it because of the awful things they said. Uh, You know, Bill Bennett put together his first cabinet with some defectors from B.C. Liberal Party. Um, Frank Calder defected from the NDP to the Socrates. So it, it does happen once in a while. Not that often. And, of course, there's a file on everybody. And, you know, once somebody leaves your party, you kind of, well, let's dig into the files and see what what's going on. Like the NDP quickly pointed out that Lally was kicked out of the NDP in, 19, in 2020. Reason? During the 2020 election, Lally backed a renegade New Democrat running as an independent against the official NDP candidate. So the NDP position is, hey, we got rid of this guy for for essentially in politics, that's treason, splitting the vote during an election campaign. So they say, well, Lally was out there as a loose fish ready to be picked up and the Liberals picked him up. BC United, MLA now. All right. So we will see about that one. But let's also get an update on this whole B.C. housing thing. Yeah. So the session, most of the time, Simi, we go back over all the question periods during the session. It was mostly public safety issues, random violence, drug overdoses, all crime related, bail reform and all that. But, you know, the, the last week is all about this very damning B.C. housing audit that the government put out on Monday and questions about why this was allowed to happen, why it went on for so long and how the government dealt with it. As you know, the social housing provider at the focus of all this is Atira, and the government basically told Atira, which is an independent nonprofit organization, uh, you're going to have to clean up your act. 
the government provides 85% of a TRIS funding. So when your funding provider tells you, clean up your act, change your leadership, give back the $2 million that you owe us, you sort of think, well, TRIS is going to go along with that. As you know, Simi, they didn't. And so the government, we've been asking, how is the government going to deal with it? Like, how are they going to put the squeeze on Atira? Well, uh, you had the housing minister on your show yesterday, Mm -hmm. Calon, and he said, um, well, you know, Atira has a bunch of contracts from the government, and maybe we won't renew those. Maybe we'll give them to somebody else. It's a pretty serious threat. Those contracts are where um, Atira's payroll comes from. Um, pretty big threat. BC Housing reiterated it yesterday, so everybody's looking at it. Is this going to get Atira to, you know, do what the government wants? I don't know, Simi. We're hearing from people, uh, including the former housing minister under the Liberals, Rich Coleman, that, you know, the reason Atira got so many contracts from the government was partly because nobody else wanted some of these contracts. There, there aren't a whole lot of organizations out there that are able to take on some of the most difficult, onerous housing challenges in BC. The Nonprofit Housing Association has been saying the same thing. So we still don't know whether these threats are going to work, whether it's going to give the government what it wants, or whether it's the government that's bluffing, not a tyrant. Okay, and so what's the deal with this third report? Because from what well, we heard yesterday from the housing minister is that this is the report that that made them want to get a more yeah. detailed report. Yeah, so, you know, it's hard to keep track of all these reports. Yeah. But the essence of the third report is this is a report, the first report the government had that detailed the concerns about the conflicts of interest between the head of BC Housing, Shane Ramsey, and the head and his wife, who was the head of Atira. That's the focus here. So the government takes this preliminary report, and they give it to the old board of BC Housing, and they say, based on this, you should fire the CEO of BC Housing, or at least put him on leave. And the old board of BC Housing refused to do that. And so the government fired the board. The premier fired the board. Well, it's interesting because yesterday, EB's, will you give that report to the public so we can see what you know you knew and they wouldn't act on? Oh, says the premier, we can't do that. That's a preliminary report full of unproven allegations. It could affect somebody's reputation. So on the one hand, the premier is saying this report is persuasive enough that the CEO should be fired, but he's saying not good enough to release to the public. So he's trying to have it both ways. And the former members of the board there at, a, at a BC Housing Simi are, are talking a bit. And they're saying, look, we had that report. Sure we did. And we showed, showed it to our lawyers. And our lawyers said, this isn't good enough to fire somebody. You know, you're going to get sued you try to fire somebody on the basis of this stuff. So it, it's really showing up the degree to which David Eby has tried to portray this whole thing in his own conduct in a favorable light, but also as a guy who's trying to have it both ways. All right, more to come on that one, I know. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.